Hi, this is Carson with Troy, and I have with me best-selling author, Joanna Reeder. Now, Joanna, you are very prolific, and if I miss a series or a book, I apologize, but some of her books include um, Inner Dreams, the Inner Dreams Trilogy, the Dreamwalker Academy, uh, Raven Court, um, and looks like a new series is coming out uh, in a few days, mm-hmm. um, Courting Faith, Thieves, and, and Crowns. Unfortunately, this, this will probably be out in February, so... Um, so People that are listening, look this up and, and purchase it. It'll be there. <laughs> it'll, it'll be there. Um, and then some others. And you've written some um, with a partner. You've had other people, looks like, maybe written in your world or with with them, um, with the Shifter Academy. Yes. Um, so, Joanna, take away. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. And, and, and yeah, go ahead. Okay. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, my name is Joanna Reeder. I'm a young adult fantasy author. I have almost 19 books published. The It will have been by the time this is out that that next book will be out. Um, I mean, I've been writing my whole life, but I started my publishing journey in 2018. So it's been almost five years since In Her Dreams was first published. Um, I live in Utah. I have three little kids and I have to just scrape out time to write with them. They're all in school now, so I have a little bit more time. Um, but yeah, that's me. 19 books in five years. That's amazing. Um, what, what are, I mean, with three kids, you know, husband, um, you know I, I read on your bio that you have, you know, uh, you, you rely on Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so you have a bunch of different series. Um, so yes. I'm sure you have like a, an idea journal or, or, or something, um, and maybe not, maybe you just have all these ideas floating around in your head. Um, what are you looking for when you're starting a series, uh, to determine whether you want to pursue a certain idea or not? Uh, well, I have to love it. And, and honestly, the way my ideas have come has all been different. It doesn't all come the same way. And, and yes, I've been doing this for five years, but I've been writing a lot longer than that. My debut novel took a long time to get it written and polished and everything. Um, but yeah, I I kind of come up with ideas in different ways. So my In Her Dream series, it's about a girl named Emily who experiences the memories of the dead in her sleep. So she time travels in her dreams. And when I came up with the idea for that, I was pushing my then baby, who is now 10, <laughs> in a stroller through a cemetery because I love walking through cemeteries because they're just, they're quiet. There's not a whole lot of people around. There's not a lot of traffic. And I was pushing him through in a stroller one day and I was just reading the headstones and just wondering, you know, I wonder like what it would be like if we could see just a little snippet of a memory that they had, like something that happened in their life, which I'm sure is, you know, so different than mine living, have a glimpse of that. And so that's where kind of the the premise of that story came about is a girl that gets to do that, that she gets to experience those memories and kind of have like a link into the past. Um, on the other hand, my, so I'm currently writing in fairy, uh, portal fantasy to fairy, my Ravencourt series. Um, it's about a girl that lives in today's world and she looks identical to the missing fae queen. And so she's kidnapped and taken through the portal to fairy. So where that came about is um, 
fairies were getting kind of popular and I had a lot of friends that were getting into it and I kind of did an experiment of studying the market of fairies and seeing what people liked and things like that. And it was kind of an interesting thing because um, even though I, I read a lot of fairy books and I saw a lot of like the different tropes that people like in those, it's still, my Ravencourt series still kind of turned into something from my head that was different <laughs> and some people like that and some people you know like the more tried and true ones um but that's where that came about and my book that will now have been published it's called courting faith thieves and crowns it's also in fairy it's in the same world but it is um, in the past so there's no portal jumping because it's like way in the past and um this one i I love the selection series, if you're familiar with that one. Um, and I love watching The Bachelor with my husband. <laughs> and because I like it so much, I'm like, I need to write a book that has like those elements in it. And so that story, it's about a fae, half fae, Amberly, who's a thief. And she is hired by the king to pose as a contestant to win the heart of the prince. And she's gone undercover because she's supposed to figure out like who is the right fae for for the prince. Um, and so so yeah, like ideas have all like come differently. My Shifter Academy, um I I wrote a trilogy with four other authors. And the way that one came about is there was there was a, a group of authors that were looking for a sort of collaboration for a bunch of authors to write different stories set in the same world of this like shifter Academy and to kind of kick it off. Um, we, the, the five of us wrote three books together and it's kind of like a, a little bit like Harry Potter where um, a girl who doesn't know she's a mermaid finds out she's a mermaid and goes to this shifter Academy, which is an Academy for shifters. And um, it's set in a kind of a cool location. It's under, the um one of the great lakes like i think it was lake michigan um and there's this dome that they all go into this school in this dome and um so from that trilogy the like spin-offs of that story and so this idea was already created by someone else but i just fell in love with it and i had the idea I like the past for some reason. I like the Victorian era which is a lot of like where in her dreams is set in and so i I wanted to write a story that was set in the past in the Victorian era with shifters. And that's where Frost Boarding House came from. Um, it's about Camilla at her family's boarding house, um, who she hates shifters and to come to stay at her boarding house. And so she's not thrilled about it. And what was so fun about that is that I was able to interweave like different ancestors from characters in the later, you know, in the Shifter Academy series. And there was a lot of collaboration between the five of us. And we have like 20 plus books in that world alone, which is kind of fun because it just exploded. So that's amazing. That's long, long answer to your question. All my ideas have just, they've come in different ways. No, I love that because I think asking people like how where do your ideas come from is kind of kind of a bad question, but like finding ideas that we're pursuing and and being able to um, write in in the ideas that you come from because I can I have tons of ideas every day, but like to narrow it down, which which you know what to write about, which ideas to pursue, like I think that's a better question. I love your answers because 
all of them have came differently, like, mm -hmm. and being open to um, new experiences and, and thinking of different things. Like in your first one, it was you walking, you know, in, in her dreams was you're walking in a graveyard. Like, and then the second one, um, you, you know, you're studying, um, dream walk. That was, uh, was that the, your, was that the one you were studying? Yeah, so, so, um, and you matched the bachelor with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my current, that's what I'm currently that's what you like. Yeah, I love that because yeah. like you're taking something fantastical and something mundane as like a TV show and like merging them together, which I think is fantastic storytelling to be able to look at something that's fantastic and something that's mundane and merging together. I think it's, it's great, um, great storytelling what you can do. So all of your ideas are, are fantastic and what to, how to pursue them and, and whatnot is, is kind of fun because you fell in love with each of these ideas. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing. And that's so, what was important was to fall in love with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can come up with lots of ideas where I, I'm just like, oh, you know, um, I, I don't like it, but I'm going to write it. And that's that's not fun as a as a writer. Like you want to be just as excited as your readers is, exactly. as they're reading it. Yes, exactly. So one thing I loved is um, there's there's some controversy. Uh, and you said you were kind of studying, um, you know, going to, you know, fairies and fae. That was popular. So you studied that. Now. I don't, I'm not a huge proponent of writing what's popular, just don't jump in genres. But like I said, if you fall in love with something and you write something that just happens to be popular at the time or be like, oh, this is, this is becoming popular. I love this stuff. How can I be able to write in it and be able to um, give fans what they want? I think that's important as well. Mm -hmm. um, what sort of things did you look at when you were writing that? Mainly it was like looking at the different tropes that were popular, you know, um, oftentimes there's like a broody fae prince or something, um, looking at like the different, um, like the types of creatures that people use and, and enemies to lovers. That one's a really popular one right now. Um, but like I said, what was kind of fun and it, and it might've been a mistake on my end, but I did not stick to like the, you know, quote, like what was popular with it because I took a new, tw a tw new twist of it on my own. Um, but I liked the exercise because it kind of just gave me an insight into like what readers like to read and what they're kind of looking for. Um, and I think it kind of helps me grow as a writer too, just to kind of see like what other people are doing. And honestly, one of the biggest things I was looking at was covers and trying to figure out the best way for marketing. So it wasn't just the story that mm -hmm. I was looking at. I was looking at blurbs and um, even, even the names of titles. And so I think I, that's what I mostly got out of it was learning how to, to market because that's important you know, as a writer. It is. It's very important. And it wasn't in my wheelhouse. And it's been, you know, a struggle over the years to try to learn all those things, but it's important to learn those things so I can get my books in front of readers. So, so I think that, you know, when I say I was studying the stories, that was only just one little part of it that I was really looking at the whole, you know, the package as a whole so that I could figure out how um, to appeal to readers and get them to click to buy. Right. And that's completely different as an indie publisher versus traditional publisher because you are in charge of marketing and you have to figure out how to sell your book and you don't have the backing of Barnes and Noble or mm -hmm. somewhere else. And on Amazon, thousands and thousands of books get released a year. So you have to stand out. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, it was really important for me to learn all those things <laughs> in my market research. <laughs> right. And then you don't have the, the 
thousands to millions of dollars to to push your book and to, exactly. to do that. So, I mean, there there is, I mean, you can look at uh, writing a market either way, but like you have to sell your books and finding something that you love that readers also love to read, like being able to merge those, I think, um, can, can help you in your writer's journey for those mm-hmm. people who are, who are beginning this. Exactly. So, so that's fantastic. Um, what is a typical day? Like, what are some of your writing habits? Um, those have evolved over the years as my, you know, my kids were really young when I was writing. Um, I, I feel like I do best writing if I, and I, and I think this is because I had to teach myself to do this, that when my ki- my kids were little, I might only have like 15 minutes to just sit down and write. And um, you've probably, in, in all of your interviews with authors, you've probably heard the terms, you know, pantser versus plotter. In the beginning, I was a pantser, um, which was fun. But when kids came along and when I was a pantser, there were so many words that were kind of a waste because they didn't end up in the story. And so I learned how to outline and I'm glad I did because that works better for me. And so when my kids were little and I'd only have 15 minutes, I would need to know exactly what needed to happen next in the story, like what scene I was writing so that when it came to editing, I wasn't cutting quite as much and the story was closer to being ready to be published. Um, I mean, obviously there's lots of editing passes, but because of that, I would set a timer and just write as much as I could in those 15 minutes. And I found that um, it was easy to tell my kids, you know, I'm doing a word race. I just give mom like 10 more minutes and I'll be done. And then I'll get you a snack or a drink of water or whatever it is that you needed. And I have found that my youngest is now in first grade going to school full time. So I'm still trying to get used to having so much time. But I have found that I still write better if I set those little short writing sprints instead of just sitting in front of my computer for hours and hours (laughs) it doesn't come quite as quickly and I kind of do that with everything I like to cut everything into little short tasks okay I'm going to work on this for a certain amount of time and then on this for a certain amount of time so it's still evolving I'm still figuring it out so do you have a certain amount of like um sprints you want to do throughout the day say like five or six or you just okay I am I got to run errands to the store uh at the store so like after I get back I'm going to do 15 minutes there or I got you know you, you that's, know like that's, yeah that's kind of what I do I yeah. you know I'm I plan pretty well as far as my novels but as far as my schedule I'm a little bit more flexible no like I, I mean you're a wife you got a mom mm-hmm. um what what how do you stay balanced that's a good question. (laughs) Still working on that one too. Um, but honestly, I have found over the years that I am a better mom and I'm a better wife if I get my writing time in. And so just, I guess, prioritizing that it all matters, you know, that making sure that, and, you know, as my kids are getting older, they understand it even better that, you know, mom needs to write if she's going to be happy. So Oh, that's amazing. Um, I don't know how you are, but with me, if I haven't done something and I ha- have it on my mind and I keep thinking about it, like I get more agitated because I haven't done it yet. Yeah, same. Um, and so to get that out, um, even if it's 15 minutes, it, it does help. Um, that and, and I like that because you have a certain block of time where you have 15 minutes or whatever, and you have to get everything out in that time. So you're 
your pro- your your computer screen or your keyboard is probably smoking. It's probably just on fire. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> no, that's amazing. You, I mean, you said you began your journey about 10 years ago. Um, as you were working on that first novel, how did you stay motivated? Um, or, you know, how did you see that light at the end of the tunnel? Um, no, that was hard because that's, a, you know, it's a process. The first novel I wrote is actually not published. It's still... I call it my practice novel and I worked on that one for years and it's gone through so many edits and still not good enough to be published. And, but see back then it was a hobby for me more than anything that I just did it when I had a spare minute and I would go months without writing anything. And, you know, at the time I, you know, I'd always had the dream since I was probably eight or nine of being a published author. And so it was still just kind of this, this dream of like, you know, someday. Um, but what was amazing is finally end like hitting the end of that first novel, even though it isn't out there, <laughs> um, just feeling that accomplishment that I can do it. And it made writing in her dreams. It was still a long process, but it made it a little bit easier because I knew I could do it. I'd done it before. And back then I didn't have a timeline of like what I wanted to do. I also, um, with my first novel, I queried it to traditional publishers, got lots of rejections because it's, it wasn't good enough to be published. But when I was writing in her dreams, I learned more about the indie journey. I had a friend that was doing really well with indie. And when I learned about all of the um, like creative control she had over her books and her business. I was like, nope, that's for me. And so when In Her Dreams was finally ready, I was like, yep, this is indie. The indie route is the way I'm going to go. And I'm glad I did. No, that's amazing. That's a big decision for writers too nowadays because, mm-hmm. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, like that wasn't an option. It was, in fact, when I started writing and granted I've had a 20 year journey, I'm still not published. But when I started writing, um, it was okay get some short stories in a in a magazine first and then mm-hmm. when your name's out there then you can start querying and it's all you know it is just a query like send you know 10 pages or three chapters to a big publishing house and lots of times you'd look on their um, website and it was like we're not accepting right now or like mm-hmm. and it was difficult so like now people have so much more freedom um, with their work to get it out in readers hands that I, I love it. I love the indie journey I love people who are doing it um so you know like you said you're you kind of have creative freedom and everything um mm-hmm. what were some of the process to find the editor find a cover artist um well so my cover artist I I found she was she's one of the shifter academy authors and that was what something that she wanted to learn how to do was do covers and um I I have loved her covers since she started doing mine and she has progressed in like how talented she is with that. And so I only use one cover artist now. She has done, she's now done all of my books because I I recovered my In Her Dream series four times, finally landed on the ones that I like. And she did, uh, she did three of the four. So, so yeah, all of my books are done by her now. But um, as far as editors, I have gone through several over the years. Um, Editing in the beginning was tricky because I was still learning. And so my first editor was, you know, very much a developmental editor, helping me really like understand story. And 
um, she edited my In Her Dream series and she really, I had to rewrite the last third of that first book because I was still learning. Um, but as I worked with her, I learned a lot. And so her, her edit for my last book was um, more of just a copy edit because I had like finally started to grasp those things. Um, and I've had other editors through the years. Um, and some have edited several of my books. And then I've had some that just edited one book here or there. Um, but I feel like it's always good to like kind of level up, you know, become a better, a better writer that, um, my, have you, have you heard of Kindle Vela? I have not. Okay. So Kindle Vela was launched in 2021 in the summer of 2021. It's Amazon's serial platform for serial stories. Um, I started on their day one and I, it started out with um, trading pages between me and another author friend who is an amazing editor. She is amazing, like developmental editor. She's really, really good. So we started out by swapping pages and she helped me level up so much with that story that, you know, I learned so much, even though I had been doing this for several years already, that I feel like my writing has just you know, gone up a level with her. She's now my editor. We don't swap pages anymore. I pay her to edit it because she's so good. Um, but, but yeah, I, um, I don't know. I think everyone's journey there is different. There was a while where I just had, um, just a line editor because I wasn't ready to level up and everything, you know, when I would read it, it was, you know, the best it could be as it always is. But as I leveled up, I would go back and read my earlier stuff. And it's like, yeah, I can see the mistakes here now that I um, am better at writing. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> like my, my book that's coming out in January, it's probably the best thing I've ever written. I'm really proud of it. And I think it's a big thanks to my editor. Her name's Kristen J. Dawson and she's awesome. <laughs> Nice. And that's, that's kind of the goal as a writer, right? You don't want to stay stagnant. You want to keep growing as a, as a writer and you want your readers to grow with you. Exactly. Now leveling up is important. Um, and then we kind of touched on it in marketing. How have you stayed up on marketing and being able to, to market your books? What are some of the things you do? Oh, that's a never ending learning process too, obviously. Um, Honestly, starting out because it's, it was just not something I went to school for or really, or really was interested in, honestly, marketing until I had to start marketing my books. I just started small with just small things. Like I think the first thing I had was, um, a Facebook page and that was it. And that was the only social media I did at the beginning. Um, it was really important and I had heard this to have a newsletter. And so I have consistently grown that over the years and it's, it's a pretty healthy size now because I have done that. And as I become comfortable with each thing, I've moved on to something else, you know, or added something else. So I have, you know, an Instagram account and, um, honestly, one of the biggest things that has helped me, um, Several years ago, I, so I'm in a lot of um, author Facebook groups. That's a great way to network. And I think that is one of the most important things too, is to network with other authors because you can cross promote with people that write your same genre. Because if a reader loves to 
to read like a paranormal romance about vampires. They don't want to just read one. They want to read all of them. So it helps every author out to, to do that cross promotion that, you know, they have the uh, rising tide lifts all boats. It's the 20 books to 50 K like mantra or whatever. Right. Um, so several years ago in one of these Facebook groups, there was an author that, that had put it out, put out a call to starting an Instagram pod group, um, like kind of sharing each other's posts, commenting on each post, just to kind of help engagement and get that going. And that group, it started out large and that's all we did. We would just like each other's stuff. We'd comment, help each other out that way, um, just to help us grow with our Instagram. And it event, it slowly turned into, we had a, a, talking group a message group on instagram where we would just like give each other advice ask each other questions then that turned to a facebook group and then um when all of the shutdowns happened in 2020 and everyone was stuck at home one of the authors said hey let's have a zoom call and just chat with each other and so in i think it was may of 2020 we started doing that and by the end of that summer, we turned into a mastermind group where we are a mastermind of there's 13 authors and we get together every Monday on Zoom. And we have ever since then where we teach each other, ask each other questions um, about everything book related, marketing related. And I feel like I have learned the most for any of that through that group that it just helps with like we collaborate together. We are all um, fantasy and sci-fi authors. So we all, you know, write similar genres. And, um, but yeah, I've learned so much by having that like group pull of, you know, brains together that we can ask each other, you know, that have tried different things, what has worked for people and what hasn't worked for people. Um, but what's also been amazing about that is, um, everyone's journey is different. Everyone author's journey is different. Even if we're doing similar things, many of them also did the fairy, um, marketing research thing. A lot of us wrote fairy books and everyone's journey has been so different, even though we are all doing something that was so similar. So yeah, as far as marketing, that's the best thing I've done is just learning through other authors. I love that. Uh, Having a mastermind, I think, is a very important principle, and not a lot of people do that. I, mean, I know it's been very successful in some businesses. I know it's been very successful in, in like personal lives, um, and for and this is a very generalized thing, but for fantasy and science fiction lovers that are want to be authors, sometimes we're like speaking as me, like a little bit of introverted. Mm-hmm. So being able and willing to do that, reaching out to other authors. Um, is kind of out of a lot of people's comfort zones, but you can get a lot of benefit from that. Yes. And, and I'm glad you said that because I am such an introvert. I remember that first Zoom meeting we had, I was terrified to get on camera and talk to these other, and it just happens that we are all women. That didn't happen on purpose. It just is the way that the group came together. Um, but a couple of years ago, one of the one of the authors wanted to start a podcast uh, talking about books. And, so, and that was a, something else that terrified me, just like 
having other people listen to me somewhere else, you know, like even getting on camera to talk to just this small group of people was terrifying. And so that was even more so, but she encouraged me to join it. And I did. And I, I feel like because of that, it has opened it. Well, it put me out of my comfort zone, but it helped also helped me grow like as a person and as an author, because it opened up these opportunities. Um, made me feel more confident and feel okay going to, you know, like cons and events and book signings and all of that. So I think it's very important, whatever it is that's outside of your comfort zone, I think it's important to get out of your comfort zone because what it can turn into is, is amazing. No, I agree. I think success, success is just outside your comfort zone and you have to get out of that to, to reach it. Now you, you mentioned cons. We met at FanX. Yes. I don't know if you remember or not, but um I do. How, <laughs> I mean, with conventions, there's so many people that I just assume nobody will remember me because you just get baseball, right? Like so many yeah. people go by. Um, have you been to other cons and how has that been successful for you? Um, that I've turned that into a big part of my business because I, my my books seem to do very well. Uh FanX just this last year, that was my first Fanex, but I have done, um, I've done different. So I've done a lot of signings, um, always with other authors. It's not something I like doing by myself. I've done it with other authors. Um, I've also done, um, some of the, like the gift shows in the area, um, specifically around Christmas time. There's a big one in Salt Lake, that's the family Christmas gift show where a bunch of vendors from the area come and people come and get their Christmas shopping started. And I did that for the first time in 2021. And my books just sold like crazy because for whatever reason, me telling someone about my book is easier than Amazon telling someone about my book because they are just different than the typical ones that people are on there looking for. And, um, so yeah, this last year, 2022, I did several. Um, I did another gift show up in Logan, Utah. I did FanX, which I will definitely be doing again because, and I also love connecting with the readers. I think that that's like the most fun part about it too, is connecting with people and talking to people that like sci-fi and fantasy like I do, you know, um, and talking and talking about, you know, different books that we love. I think that is probably what I love the most about those is just connecting with people and chatting with people. And you were in a booth going back to like connecting with people with a lot of indie authors. Mm -hmm. um, how did that relationship start? How did you get to, to be with all those authors? It was, it was another one of those um, Facebook groups. It was um, Robert and Dan Zingari. Zingari. Yes. <laughs> they were setting up a booth and they wanted all indie authors and I said, I'm in. And it ended up that there was 12 of us in that booth. And I made some amazing connections with the other authors that I was there. Um, I feel like doing cons and things, it's it's great to be surrounded by people that write a little bit different than you do. Whereas online, you want to be surrounded by people that write the same thing. Because um, as we would draw people in, it's like, well, if you like romancy and princes and all that, then you read my books. But if you want more dystopian and military, then you read his book, you know? So like we're able to direct readers, no matter what they like to read to a book that we thought that they would love. Yeah. And I love that as I was visiting the booth, you know, I'd, I'd already interviewed um, Dan and Robert 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, he basically said, hey, this is, he introduced me to everybody. But um, it was good because everything was, di- like, there was lots of, of like you said, 11 vendors there. There's 12, or whatever, 12 yeah. vendors. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. But everybody wrote something a little bit different. Like, mm-hmm. um, Rob Grimley was there and he writes more like Goosebump style. Yeah. Like, kid horror uh, not kid horror but like kind of that spooky um yeah thing um you know and then the guys write epic fantasy mm-hmm. you you write in a whole bunch of different YA genres like they're all, yeah like and then uh A.L. Lawrenson she was there like there's just a whole bunch of people there that you, you and you guys really did were like hey if you like this go check out this mm-hmm. person or like you guys work together and I thought that was one uh very very smart of you to have that booth but two, you guys weren't selfish and trying to mooch off each other as well. Like, yeah, there, exactly. I didn't see anybody being like, you know, if I was talking to Zangaris, you didn't just kind of come over and try to steal me to talk about your books, right? Like, yeah, that, that, was, that was amazing. And I think as a uh, as people who are looking to go to conventions to to sell your book, um, that's a pattern that they can use to one uh, kind of offset the cost because booths mm-hmm. are are expensive. Yeah, and two you draw in more people that way because mm-hmm. everybody likes what they like, you know, yeah. and you can point them in a direction where, okay, you might not like mine right now, but you know, say, all right, I come and talk to you. I might not like what you want or what you write, but my, my, my wife might. So I might still pick up something from you yeah. for her. But yeah. There's, there's lots of different ways that you can go about selling your, your books. And, you know, and after my wife tells me about it, or after I read the back of your book or you talk to you, be like, Maybe I will like this. Like, you just never know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But yeah, that was that was like the first thing that we all did is we learned about each other's books, so that when we would draw any reader in, we could direct them to the type of book that they liked. And th- that's just what is amazing about the author community in general is that everyone wants to help everyone. Um, that, I mean, there's probably some exceptions out there, um, but that. If you meet someone who's a reader, they don't just read one book. They read a lot. And so by helping each other and selling each other's books, it just helps everyone. It really does. Now, you have a mastermind. Do you have a writing group as well that helps you? I used to. Um, I used to. It it kind of dissolved in 2020. It was a local group, and it was too hard to get together once – the pandemic started. Um, but it was, um, it was, it was, it was amazing group. It was, it was the group that kind of helped me get started. It was the group I was with while I was still a hobby writer. It's where I learned that indie, um, learned about the indie publishing world and decided that that's what I wanted to do. It's where I got a connection to my very first editor. So it was, it was an amazing group. And I, I learned a lot and I grew as a writer in that time that I was in, in that group. Um, now I, I use beta readers and my editor, and that's kind of how my process goes now. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Now, I, I know authors who use beta readers. I know authors who don't. Um, so for those that are wanting to, to use them, how did you find your, your beta readers and what kind of communication do you have with them? What you're looking for as they're reading your story? Um, well, I find my beta readers differently depending on the the book. Um, a lot of times I'll ask anyone in my mastermind if they have the time, but they are all 
professional, busy authors too. And so they don't always have the time. Um, I, you know, I, I mentioned that I, I have a pretty healthy newsletter list and I have a section of that list that um, is ARC readers, people that want to read my books early on to leave a review. And some of them are willing to be beta readers too. I found some on Instagram and generally when I'm looking for a beta reader, I'm looking for at this point in my writer journey, it's usually big picture stuff that if something's not working, um, I leave the grammar and line editing and all of that to my editors. Well, I know that some um, people who read books uh, kind of get nitpicky with that. So it's probably, <laughs> like, yeah. okay. I mean, see- it's fine if they do. I'm like, if yeah. you see, because, <laughs> Okay, so I have an I have a English degree, but I was never taught grammar because I was in it is, it is. So I was in honors English all through school and they all just assumed we knew it. And as a kid, you're not gonna like correct your teacher, say, please teach me grammar. And I never did. And so my grasp of grammar has been through reading and through writing. Like I, I feel like I'm a lot better than I was at the beginning, but I am still not great about commas and, and things like that. And so if a beta reader does point it out, I'm like, it's fine, but like, it'll be fixed once my editor gets it. (laughs) You know, you're a fantasy lover. Who are some of your influences? Um, and they don't necessarily have to be fantasy authors. So, uh, you know, I I went to school as an English major. I read a lot of classics. And for a long time, that was my jam was reading classics. I love classic literature. And then the hype of Twilight came. (laughs) And I, I had read a little bit of fantasy growing up, but not a ton. And, um, I just had to see what all the fuss was about. And so I I read Twilight and I kind of fell in love with the young adult fantasy genre. And from there, I just read so much from that genre. So thank you, Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, thank you, Stephanie Meyer. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my favorite series, but it's it's definitely what got me. Everybody needs like a portal, right? Like everybody needs that to to get you in there. Twilight was mine. (laughs) No, it's actually like I think without Harry Potter and without Twilight, like a lot of fantasy writers wouldn't be there today. Right. And like right. Whatever, like if you don't like him, what whatever it doesn't really matter. But that to say it has influenced the the writing community is very understated. Like it, mm-hmm. I think it has a lot. Definitely. Yeah, and especially Harry Potter. I feel like Harry yeah. Potter definitely has. Yeah. No, I mean. How many uh, how many fantasy books started or went, had a school in it? You know, some sort of academy. Like it, that really wasn't a main thing. Like still mm-hmm. before Harry Potter, it was still um, like Tolkien esque. Like yeah, you, you met in a pub or something, and you went on an adventure, right? Like, yeah. And so that kind of confined your story into a solitary or a single place where you had to figure things out and and do that, which was amazing. Like kids ta- were taught, they grew. And I think it still continues today. Um, I mean, you have the Chifter Academy that you wrote in, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, you <laughs> were- by Harry too. Potter. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was. Absolutely. <laughs> no, which, you know, which is fantastic. Now, you wrote a, a series with um, five of the authors and then with uh, you and another author. Yes. What were some of the pros and cons of that? Um, so, 
when I when we wrote the trilogy with the five of us authors, we we actually hired someone to um, write out the outline for us, just to take away any issues that would come up. And the way that they structured it is um, each chapter was labeled with a certain POV character. And each of us wrote in a different POV character, which was which was fun because they all had different voices, but you know, like we as authors all have different voices. And so it kind of translated to the page that, you know, that each of the characters sounded different because they were written by someone different. And so they labeled each of those characters that way. And the way we did it was just, if it was your turn for a chapter, you would write it and you would send it to everyone, which was, which was great because you automatically had four people that were very familiar with the story as like alpha readers to help you fix any mistakes or continuity so that when we got to when we got finished with it it was nearly polished nearly ready we didn't have to do a whole lot of editing going back because we had that um so that was um i thought it worked out really well um and it it was my first um the first time I had ever co-written and it was actually only my fourth book that was published was oh, wow. that first one. And so I was still kind of a newbie cause I had only published um, in her dreams up to that point. And what I also loved about it is I learned so much about writing from those other authors because I feel like every author has different strengths. You know, uh, one of the authors, Jesse Booth, he is really good with action scenes and I was not, but I could handle romance scenes pretty well. And, but I was able to learn from him, like how to write a good action scene and vice versa too. Um, so that's how it worked with, with that, with that first series. Um, it's just, we would just take turns and I feel like it worked really well. Mm -hmm. No, that's really good. Now you said you hired somebody to um, write the outline for you. And you mentioned earlier that you have became uh, a plotter. Um, do you have like a certain outline um, structure that you use when you're outlining? Um, I do. I, that's something else that's kind of evolved over the years, but I currently, I really love the save the cat writes the novel. That's my, that's my go-to now. Um, no, like there's quite a few that use that. Yeah. I started with the, um, I think it's a seven point plot structure. I did that for a long time, but more recently save the cat is my my go-to outline <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's really good um the, yeah i've talked to quite a few authors and and they recommend that one so mm -hmm. if you are a pantser and you find yourself getting stuck or lost like you said earlier like there are lots of words that you wrote that you had to just cut like mm -hmm. you yeah. don't want wasted time if you have just a limited amount of time so i mean maybe try plotting maybe try save the cat or even like you said the the seven point structure or yeah seven point plot yeah. structure um, like find something that works for you if, if pantsing isn't working. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, those can work for pantsers too. Uh, I have a few friends that that's how, that's how they work. They are pantsers and they don't have a whole lot of, um, words that they have to cut because they know this, they know the structure and they know where they're going and they don't need it all written out for them. But I mean, it can help either way whether you're a plotter or a pantser. That's fantastic. That's great advice. 
Um, Diana, um, do you have any advice for anybody that wants to start their author journey today? Write. <laughs> write something you love. I think that's one of the most important things. Um, don't don't write what's popular. I know I said that I kind of had done that, but don't write what's popular. Write what you love because the readers can feel that. Um, one of the reasons why my book that's coming out soon, why I feel like it is as good as it is, I've gotten a lot of like really positive feedback so far from it. I think it's because I loved every second I was writing that book. I loved it because I put, like I was writing a story that I loved about things that I just love to write about. No, that's great advice. And I'm going to do a couple of caveats to that. If what you love is popular, go ahead and write that. Oh yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and two, I mean, we've talked about Twilight and Harry Potter, but those weren't popular genres when they first came out. Like you can, you can create a new genre if yeah. you, you love it. So like those are, don't be scared to write something different. You know, mm -hmm. and like I said before, no, no one was writing about schools and wizards um, in the early nineties. Like, and, and exactly. same with, same with Twilight. Like nobody, I mean, there were plenty like Ed and Rice and you had a whole bunch of different people who were writing about vampires, but nobody was writing about like a vampire romance in the same way that, she did so i mean you can create your own genres if you write the stuff that you love so that's great advice so joanna exactly. thank you so much for getting on with me today go thank ahead and you. tell everybody how they can get a hold of you um you can go to my website joannareader.com i'm on instagram at joanna underscore reader i'm on facebook um yeah do you have any uh plans on any conventions this year I'm hoping to do FanX again um, and probably some more gift shows at the end of the year. Seems like those are the good times for me to do it. So, Perfect. And then uh, JoannaReader.com. Reader is two E's. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you so much for getting on with me. I learned a lot from you today. No, oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Troy Podcast. Please subscribe, like, and share with your friends.